Blog Talk Radio. Challenging, thought-provoking, insightful. This is God in Country, the collision of faith and politics. Hosted by nationally known speaker, Reverend Dr. Sean Michael Greener. Not your typical Rev. Dr. Sean is a proud military veteran, former law enforcement officer, and founder of the internationally regarded executive protection team. Through counseling, elite life coaching, and national speaking, this ninja pastor tells it like it is. This series is biblically and politically engaged with the pedal to the metal. With today's edition of God in Country, here is host and author of the acclaimed yet controversial book, Excellence Killed the Church, How Mediocrity is Destroying America. Dr. Sean Michael Greener. Hey, 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 hey. Welcome to the Collision of Faith and Politics, the fastest two hours on radio. Hey, listen, there's a kid with an obscure bitten Pop-Tart gun, and he's suspended. His educational record is permanently scarred. And then there's this, and this, this is a white kid. But this Muslim kid with the CARE, uh, Council of American Islamic Relations, militant Muslim parents, he made a ticking time clock in a briefcase, and he's invited to the White House by Barack Hussein Obama. Hundreds of thousands of obviously not refugees are spilling across all of Europe's borders, and you think they're coming here? Coming? Slow down, slam dancer. The not-refugees, they're already here. You'd think we'd know better than to trust our elected officials. You'd think we would know better. But we don't. So what can a normal person do with the hard truth? What can a normal person do? You're going to find out on today's show. Welcome to the Collision of Faith and Politics. I am Dr. Sean Greener, the Ninja Pastor. First, let me welcome our veterans, our active duty audience, listening all across the world, standing on the line for us. Thank you also for our, uh, let's see here, some folks are saying that they're having trouble clicking in. Let's see here. Let me see if I can get you. Let me see if I can get you some links. Hey, sorry, folks. We got some people uh, in Germany. Nice. Trying to click in. Love that. Love that. So, um, anyway, let's just see here. We'll send that out to some good folks. We want everybody listening, anybody that can. Anybody that can, we want them plugged in. I love that. Hey, if you people in Germany can, uh, can you get the chance to call in. Call in and tell me what it's like over there right now. We see lots of video of these not-refugees rampaging all across your country. Tragic. 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 Germany has put itself through so much, and it's been through so much. Now you've got to go through this, because you have a weak and politically correct leader, just like we do. 
Hey, I want to thank all the non-uniformed clandestine service standing on the line for us. Folks, if you only knew how many people, how many people stand on the line for you, if you only, if you only knew. There's people making sacrifices that are beyond description. And they can't go home and tell their family what they do. They can't be proud of what they do. Their name goes on no wall. They get no no memorial. Just a blue star on the wall in Langley. And that's tragic. Let me uh let me also thank you uh to our uh, our, our Gold Star families. Thank you very much for your sacrifice. America's Mighty Warriors, Michael Strange Foundation, uh, and also for our son, Aaron Carson Vaughn, parents of Aaron Carson Vaughn. Uh, you got to read the book, Betrayed. I'm going to talk a little bit more, maybe not today, but about Extortion 17. You guys need to know more about that. I'm going to take the time to do it, but just not, not going to be today. Hey, listen, we've got U.S. Representative Eddie Bernice Johnson. She's a Democrat from Dallas, Texas. She argued that the beheading of two American journalists by ISIS, now this was written on September 12th, the day after September 11th. This is reported on NBCDFW.com. Don't believe me, check it out. She argued that the beheading of two American journalists by ISIS does not justify U.S. airstrikes into Syria Thursday during an interview on Capitol Hill. Johnson said the slayings of James Foley and Stephen Saltloff so this is last year, by the way, uh, that she did this interview. Her, uh, I've checked on this, and her opinion has not changed. The slangs of James Foley and Stephen Sotloff, Americans, should not lead bombing, lead to bombing U.S. forces or ISIS forces in Syria. We're on their ground. I was not in the U.S. It was not in the U.S. I do think that we need to protect Americans wherever they are, but Americans also need to be careful where they are. The Dallas Democrat also said President Obama does not need congressional authority to escalate the fight against ISIS, but she feels he would be wise to seek approval from the U.S. House and Senate. Let me just say this. This lady, I'm amazed that people vote for people that are so stupid, but they do. They do, they do, they do. They do it all the time. This lady needs the Center for Self-Governance. CenterForSelfGovernance.com. You got to get it. It's the secret sauce. I'm going to talk more about that today. I'm a hustle, though. I'm a hustle. I'm a hustle. I got so much to share with you today. I have been fired up all day long. Can't barely stand it. I just can't even barely stand it. I'm telling you right now, it has been a day. Information flowing in from all over the world. People saying, hey, man, are you going to talk about this? Because Somebody needs to talk about this. Now, y'all know I'm going to talk about this. Y'all know I'm going to talk about this. You know I am not going to let this go. Look, you're at a place right now. You found the place on the Internet, on your smartphone. 75% of all people listening to this show are listening on a smartphone. And I appreciate that. I appreciate that. Okay, great. We have Germany, LinkedIn. Thank you for joining us. Thank you for joining us. We appreciate it. 
means a lot to us, man. I'm, I'm so honored and humbled to have so many people from all over the world clicking in and, and uh, plugging in. We really appreciate that. The chat is open, by the way. Uh, we encourage all of y'all to to link into the chat. It's it's uh, it's a cool place. You can there's so many cool things that you can do there in chat. You can send messages to each other. You can send messages to me. If you have questions and you don't want to call in, or maybe there's just there's not an opportunity to call in, uh, that's where you put them. You put them in there. Weird stuff will be deleted. Look, if you're off your rocker, I'm going to click you out. I'm going to click you out. This is not a democracy. This is a republic. It's how we work. Also, by the way, I want to say really quickly uh, thank you very much to the legion of people who have been praying for my good friend, Chris Cahalan. He's uh, waging hope, and you have been waging hope for Chris and his family, and I'm begging you, please don't stop. If you're a praying person, listen, if you're a praying person, if you are a praying person, Redouble your efforts. Continue to pray. Pray hard. Pray hard. Pray like your own life depends on it. Pray like your own life depends on it. Chris Cahalan, write the name down. Write it in ink and pray for him. And you can let him know that you're praying for him. Go over to facebook.com backslash God and Country Radio or tell you what, you can just go to my main Facebook page, which is just Sean Green or just Facebook you know, just put in there the ninja pastor, Doctor Sean, or whatever. Uh, it'll it'll pop up, and then you can put in there that you're praying for him. And I send all those messages over. So let's do it. Hey, listen, how do you follow what I do? Here's how. Hey, happy warriors. This is the ninja pastor here. Please, this is very important. If you could follow and subscribe this show. You know what? My statistics for this show don't count unless you are a subscriber or a follower. Uh, what you do is you go to blogtalkradio.com backslash the ninja pastor. And if you use Twitter and Facebook, follow us at the ninja pastor. And on Facebook, click on sign up just under my photograph under www.facebook.com backslash God and country radio. Subscribers, you get notifications first of all of our shows anywhere we're appearing, and it's all free. Nobody steals your information. Again, if you could click on follow and subscribe here at www.blogtalkradio.com backslash The Ninja Pastor. If you're on Twitter and Facebook, follow me at The Ninja Pastor. Go to facebook.com backslash God and Country Radio. Click follow and sign up. Thanks a bunch. Man, I really appreciate it. Way to go, happy warriors. That's what we like to see. That's what we like to see, folks. That's what we need. That is what we need. We need folks that click in, get engaged. That's what we need. That's what we need, folks. We need people that are engaged. I'm going to talk more about that in here in a little bit. Just a little bit. Folks, I'm here to tell you uh, we are we are in the war of a lifetime. Chris Cahalan's in the war for his life and we as a country we the people we are we are in a war of a lifetime honest to goodness i'm not kidding you we we are in the war of a lifetime we just you have to understand you must absolutely understand what we're dealing with here you've got to understand part of the reason why i'm always hawking uh the center for self-governance centerforselfgovernance.com go to facebook.com backslash god and country radio there's links there the whole bit 
Go there and get plugged in. Put your state in. Put your state in. And that it will come up. I'm telling you. You'll hear more about it in a little bit. Listen, in the last election, 54 million evangelical Christians stayed home. They didn't vote. You ready? You ready for this number? 54 million evangelical Christians. People who said, hey, this is who I am. This is what I am. I'm describing myself as this. I'm describing myself as this. This is what I am. This is who I am. I'm, I'm, this is my label. You want to have a label? I'm gonna give you. You go ahead and give yourself the label that you want. I'm gonna. I'm gonna be this label. I'm gonna call myself. I'm gonna call myself an evangelical Christian. That's what I'm gonna do. I'm gonna do that. And then I'm gonna stay at home. I'm gonna stay at home because it's so much easier to stay at home than it is to make a decision. And yet, 54 million, 54 million people, Christians, elected to stay at home. And you know what they said? And you might be one of them, shame on you if you are, but hopefully by the end of today's show, you're going to learn why. That's lunacy. Well, it's, uh, you know, I just did a speech uh, to a great bunch in Warminster, Pennsylvania, the kitchen table patriots up in Warminster, Pennsylvania. Talk about a vibrant bunch of folks. Talk about a smart bunch of folks. They were, they're on top of it. And I'm telling you right now, uh, these people, these people are serious business about liberty and freedom. Liberty and freedom. They're serious business. And I was up there and. Some folks said, man, you know, how do you feel about this whole uh, lesser of, of two evils thing? You know, I, it can, I just don't know if I can do it again. I don't know if I can stomach it again. I just don't know if I can vote for the lesser of two evils. Listen, folks, is there any doubt that the most evil entity on this planet working to eliminate liberty and freedom in the United States of America and the Bring the, the utter downfall of this country is in office right now. And you know what? What follows him in Hillary Clinton might possibly be worse. Might possibly be worse. 54 million evangelical Christians stayed home. If 54 million evangelical Christians went and voted, we would not be where we are right now. That's why when I stand in pulpits and organizational uh, platforms all across the country, you can go to the ninjapastor.com, go to the Contact Me page, and that will uh, give you a means by which to contact my people. My people will contact your people. If you want to have me come to your organization, I'd be glad to do it. We go all over. I stand up and I say to the churches, when I'm in churches, I say this to churches. When I'm not in churches, I say this about churches. I say it in my book. Are you waiting for the title of the book? Do you know what the title of my book is? Excellence Killed the Church, 
How Mediocrity is Destroying America. That's right. That's the title. The ninjapastor.com, there's a, there's a button you can click on. You can order it, take you right to the Amazon page. Boom. It's very inexpensive, but it's hard-hitting. I pulled no punches. My footnotes pages are almost as long as the book. Everything is covered. I learned that from David Barton and Rick Green, my good friends. Let me just tell you, folks, 54 evangelical Christians, I'll stand in front of your church. If you say, hey, look, man, our church is politically numb. Politically numb. We, we, we don't even do anything. We don't do anything. My pastor, he doesn't talk about anything that has to do with politics. He says he wants to stay out of it, and I'm frustrated by it. I'm so frustrated by it. I don't know what to do about it. I don't know what to do about it. Have them talk to them and say, hey, can we have this guy come to our church? Maybe your pastor just doesn't have the nerve to do it on his own. I'll come in. I don't care if they hate me. That's why I back my truck in when I drive to places. I back in. When I drive a rental car from the airport, I back in. I'm ready to rock and roll. But I'll stand toe-to-toe for liberty anywhere, anytime. Anywhere, anytime. Folks, this is such a critical time. This is so serious. I, look, I'll stand in the pulpit of, your, of any church, I don't care where it is, what denomination, and I'll say if you're one of the 54 million evangelical Christians sitting there smugly and piously in your nice, comfortable seat, and you're saying, hey, you know what? I can't vote for the lesser of two evils. You know why a lot of Christians didn't vote? Uh, for Mitt Romney? Would you like to know why? Anybody? Anybody want to know? Anybody? I'll tell you why. Because Mitt Romney is a Mormon. And you said, I just can't vote for a Mormon. I can't vote for a Mormon. Folks, I am here to tell you. I am here to tell you. That Mormon is one of the finest human beings we could have ever had in the White House. One of the finest human beings, one of the finest families we could have ever had. But instead we chose a man by the name of Barack, we think that's his name, Barack Hussein Obama. We voted for a guy that was so unvetted, we should absolutely be ashamed of ourselves. He's a guy that based on his history alone, what we know alone, could not be a visitor in the White House, and yet he's the president. And last year alone, uh, Michelle Obama spent $10 million of your money flying all over the world on vacation. 
They don't care about you. We've got a, 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 a moron. Thank you, Philly Bob. Instead of a Mormon, we have a moron. Let me tell you what. Failure to vote Mormon equals Muslim vote. Which do you like better? Let me tell you what. I have so many great friends that are Mormon. A lot of the Christian uh, people, they, they really get uh, mad at me. They say, hey, you know, how can you how can you have them folks in the in the the darn uh how can you have those folks in your house? I don't understand. You can have them over to your house. How can you do it? How can you do it? Well, they're they're Mormon. You know, they have a whole bunch of wives. They hold you know, they do all kind of crazy stuff. They're crazy. They're Mormons, you know. They're anti-Jesus. They're anti-Jesus. You can't believe you'd have them. I can't believe you'd have anything to do with the Mormon. Let me tell you what. The Mormons I know and I'm close friends with, and I happen to know the Romney family, best people you ever met in your life. They have the lowest divorce rate of any entity in the world. Any entity in the world. They're the most trustworthy. You know what the number one most recruited group is for the FBI, Federal Bureau of Investigation? Number one most recruited, Mormons coming back from their mission, their two-year mission. Why? Why is that? Because now people are sending me messages, what are you, a Mormon? No, I'm not a Mormon. And I don't believe, I'm going to be clear, I don't believe everything they believe, but guess what? They don't believe everything we believe. Guess what? I don't believe everything Presbyterian believes. Guess what? I don't believe everything a Baptist believes. Guess what? I don't believe everything Church of Christ believes. I, you know, all this, all this crap about denominations, no wonder denominations, mainstream denominations are down 43%. i tell you who is up. Islam. Adherence to Islam are up. I'm going to talk more about that in just a little bit. Ted Cruz said in the last election, 54 million evangelical Christians stayed home. We talk about voting your values. Voting your values. Voting your values. What are your values? Do you even know what you believe in? Do you have any clue what you believe in? I'm here to tell you, folks, if this is the case, if 54 million evangelical Christians stayed home, which I know it's true, it's an accurate statement that Ted Cruz made, we're to blame. It rests on our shoulders. Why Hussein Obama is in office, it rests on our shoulders. And you know what our elected officials, they sit there and they say, well, they must want this guy and they must want what this guy stands for. Or they, or they wouldn't have wouldn't have stayed at home. If they were that opposed to him, they would have gotten off their duffs and out of the pew, and they would have voted. But they didn't. But they didn't, folks. They didn't vote. And now, 
we're left with a president that there's only one thing that he hates more than America, and that's Christians. Hey, let me ask you something. I, I don't understand why Ted Cruz isn't getting the kind of support that I feel he should be getting from conservatives. People people send me messages all the time. I love the messages. They're so carefully worded. They say, you know, I don't think it's a man of God. You should be uh, all the time talking about which one you like. You like Ted Cruz. I'm okay. You can like who you want to like. But I like Huckabee. He's practically a minister. Half a day a year, Philly Bob reminds me of something that we teach in Center for Self-Governments. Government only has to worry about 7 to 10% of us a half a day a year. Half a day a year. Let's say it takes you a half a day to go do your vote thing. Half a day a year. Every four years. Every six years. Every two years. That's all they have to worry about. That's why they're not afraid of you. But I'll tell you what. I don't understand. I really don't understand. Why Ted Cruz isn't getting the kind of support he should be getting from conservatives. Listen, he's the only candidate who has consistently done what he said he was going to do. He's proven it. That's why I support him. Listen, all the best to the Scott Walker people. Governor Scott Walker is a phenomenal governor. He's a phenomenal, phenomenal leader. He's a smart guy. He gets it done. He's fearless. He's very very good at what he does. There's no doubt about it. There is no doubt about it. See, Ted Cruz, let me just say this. Ted Cruz to you, 54, I'm talking to, if you, if, if I don't have 54 million listeners, I would to God that I did, but the half a million or so that I have, I have to imagine that in that 54 million or in that half a million is some of those folks that made up the 54 million that stayed at home. They say, well, I can't vote for a, a Mormon. I can't do it. It's a lesser of two evils. You say, well, he was a little fuzzy on that. Okay, the Mormon thing I can take, but I'll tell you what, he was a little fuzzy. You know he used to be pro-abortion. Well, that's, first of all, a flat-out lie. He was never pro-abortion. He always said, he said, I just struggle with the, the decision to tell a woman what she can or can't do. If she's been raped was always the example that he gave. I'm not an apologist for Mitt Romney, but I'm just telling you that this is the truth of his position, was never pro-abortion. So and then he talked to a person who he he uh, sought wise counsel, and that person said, "Look, you know, over time the person dripped on him facts, dripped on him scripture, and he said, you know what? I'm going to be public about this.' People said he did that just so he could get votes. Really, 54 million evangelical Christians stayed at home. 54 million stayed at home. If he was doing that to get votes, folks, then he." He's not as smart as I think he is. Senator Ted Cruz and a handful of House conservatives want to make sure Congress doesn't vote on any bill that keeps Planned Parenthood funded, even if it means a government shutdown. Now, let me say this. I'm going to say this to you folks, and I want you to handle your business. I want you to handle your business. I want you to understand your business. 
I want you to understand that Planned Parenthood is selling baby body parts. And they're making a lot of money doing it. And they don't care. They're diabolical. They are, in the worst way, evil. And the politicians that just voted to allow a child to die that survives abortion are evil. Well, it's a personal decision. No, it's not a personal decision. It's a simple decision. A baby survives the murderous abortion, and you lay it out on a, on a metal tray, and you provide not even any palliative care. You don't put a blanket over it. You don't give it, you don't give it any fluids. You just leave it in a room with the lights off on a metal table. No blanket under, no blanket above. It just survived a murder attempt. And you walk away. Ladies and gentlemen, I want you to understand that there are many of your representatives that voted yes on that. They said, I don't have a problem with it. Are you hearing me? Are you hearing me? Senator Carney, or Representative Carney, he he has, doesn't have a problem with it. He doesn't have a problem with it. He says, that's fine, that's okay. Him and a bunch of others say, that's fine. You wonder why this country is falling apart. Because 54 million Christians were such wimps that they didn't go and cast a vote. And in so doing, they placed an evil, diabolical murderer in the White House. I am here to tell you. I am here to tell you. We're the reason. Folks, if you are in that 54 million, you're part of the reason. I don't know how you can face yourself, quite frankly. Because that's what you ushered in. That's what's important to this man. 750,000 Muslims were allowed to enter the United States since number 44 took office. God knows how many came across the southern border. All you need to do is look at the countries where they're streaming across the border, shouting, Alu Akbar, you will submit to Islam or you will die. My friend Deborah Garreau, she she sent that via Facebook post. Folks, I'm, I'm here to tell you this is why, because 54 million wimpy Christians stayed home because they didn't want to elect a Muslim, Muslim, a Mormon. No comparison. Mormons love this country, despite being one of the most maligned faiths maligned people in the history of this country still fighting 
Look, I don't understand why Ted Cruz isn't getting more support than he is, but I'm telling you, the man went to Washington. He said what he was going there for. This is the thing I struggle with, Tea Party folks. Okay, maybe you don't self-identify as a Christian, but you're a Tea Party person. You're a Tea Party person. Maybe you maybe you're not saying you're a Christian. Maybe you're not. I don't know. But you ought to be able to unite on the fact that Hillary Clinton's hero is Margaret Sanger. And she founded she founded Planned Parenthood to get rid of black people, which she called weeds. You know, my friend Philly Bob just sent me, uh, uh, Ted Cruz appeared Monday on the Life Today Christian television program hosted by James Robeson. There are roughly 90 million, I'm quoting Ted Cruz now, 90 million self-described evangelical Christians in the United States. And of those, only 50% are registered to vote. Folks, 50% of those are registered to vote makes me sick. You make me sick. You can't even, for one half of one day, participate. But you're going to complain and whine all the rest of the time and wring your hands and say, well, even so, Lord, come quickly. And you're going to take a take a, a, a part of a verse out of context and say that's the reason why you're not going to stand for something. Of that 50% of the 90 million, only about half of those are showing up and voting. One day a year, folks. One day a year. The real numbers end up being nearly 70 million evangelical Christians have been staying home. If people of faith stay home, is it any wonder we have the government we have today? I would have added the words godless government, anti-God, anti-Christian, anti-Jew government that we have today. Cruz, citing words of wisdom from his father, said no one bears more responsibility for the way this country is than pastors. Folks, I'm going to tell you this. Have me to your church. Invite me to come. Let's say your pastor just doesn't have what it takes to stand up and say this to the crowd because he doesn't want to lose some of the big donors. Maybe he just doesn't have it. Maybe he's not politically astute, but he wants to be. Invite me to come to your church. I'll go all over the country. I go all over the country all the time. I'm happy to do it. I'll come to your church, large or small. If your church is small, you pay my travel expenses and my lodging, and you take a love offering. That's all I ask. So I can buy a ham sandwich. Not even a ham sandwich, maybe a tuna fish sandwich. Listen, folks, pastors bear responsibility. You know, uh, back to Ted Cruz, you know, Ted Cruz, Tea Party folks, I started to say, I'll go back to it now. Tea Party folks, you need to understand, you fought hard for Ted Cruz to win in Texas, really, and he won in a situation that was just indescribably unlikely. And he won, and he said, this is what I'm going to do. You elect me, and this is what I'm going to do, and you know what he did. 
exactly what he said he was going to do. But he's having trouble getting his Senate colleagues on board. According to Politico, conservative allies who backed his similar fight to defund Obamacare in 2013 have not joined him. And Cruz has marginalized himself after accusing Majority Leader Mitch McConnell of lying. Ladies and gentlemen, would you like to know why he accused Mitch McConnell of lying? I'll wait. I'll wait. I'll tell you why now, because he's a liar. He was a liar before, and he's a liar now. And now, because we've got a bunch of liars and weak, feckless leaders in Congress, we have Germany saying, your children will pray to Allah or they will die. By the end of this year, over 800,000 Muslim immigration jihadists Immigration jihad. Motorists driving down the highway were greeted with a banner that said, Your children will pray to Allah or they will die. Germany and France, Denmark, Sweden. Folks, you need to understand... You need to understand this is the fight of our lives. We lose this fight, we have nothing. We're over. We're a smudge. I would say we're a smudge on the history books, but we're not even. We're not even. Would you like to know why? Because they burn history books. Muslims burn history books. You say, Dr. Sean, why don't you just say radical Muslims burn? Not moderates. I know a Muslim, very nice. Muhammad Atta was described as very nice. You don't know that name? Really? He piloted one of the planes that flew into the World Trade Center. He used to have barbecues with his neighbors. That's what he used to do. And then he killed thousands of people because 54 million people Christians refused to vote, up to as many as 70 million. Pastors, you should be standing in your pulpit right now. By the way, Scott Walker is stepping out of the presidential race. Um, Good man, very, very good man, as I said before. Scott Walker fans, uh, Ted Cruz, I'm sure would welcome your support. I'm sure would welcome your support. I know I would. Ted Cruz said he was going to go to Washington and he was going to fight Obamacare. He said he was going to fight Planned Parenthood because he knew back then what Planned Parenthood was up to, even though they lied about it. And he called liars liars. 
Senate Republicans say it's unlikely they'll be able to defund Planned Parenthood after a failed attempt before recess. McConnell said the votes aren't even there to override President Obama's promised veto. I don't want to use a failed tactic for political purposes, knowing that it's not going to succeed, said Senator Dan Coats, Republican Indiana, told Politico. They accuse him of political opportunism, but they aren't doing anything. Let me ask you something. You guys know when Yeshua or Jesus is running for president? I'm waiting. Any of you? Any of you know when Yeshua or Jesus is running for president? Because you know what? There aren't any perfect presidential candidates. Quest for, for, for perfection that seems to possess or obsess many conservative groups leads them to nitpick and find a single issue or maybe two that conservative candidate X is supposedly wrong on. Then they immediately launch into criticism. We ought to be embarrassed how we go against each other. You know, on the left, I've said this before, I'll say it again. The left, uh, let me describe the right. On the right, you know, we have all kinds of issues. We have a hundred issues. We have a hundred issues. And they're all important to us. We all want to be, we all want to have somebody that's 100% on our team, and they have to be, all 100 issues, they have to be exactly right. Or you know what they end up being? They end up being our enemy. They end up being our enemy. We fight each other. We point our guns at each other. Circular firing squad. We have so many enemies, even with our own conservative movement. And then what happens? Then what happens? The left, their leaders say, go and do this. Vote for this person. Now, I'm not advocating that at all. I want you to, I want you to understand I'm not advocating that at all. I'm not saying we follow the establishment. The establishment is wrong. What I'm saying is, especially as Christians... especially as observant Jews and Messianic Jews, covenant Jews, we should be uniting. We should be an impenetrable force. We should be beyond fearless. No one can break through our ranks. But on the left, they say, go and do this. And the throngs of people don't ask questions. They ask how high on the way up. And they do exactly what they're told to do while we're fighting and wringing our hands. Look, the issue can be anything. When conservatives launch criticism of conservative candidates, the media just eats it up. They love it. You know what they do? They amp that up even more than their own criticism of the candidates, the conservative candidates. They do. 
They love it. They love it when we aim at each other. They love it when we aim each other. They love it. And you know what they'll do? They'll amplify it over and over and over. And they'll say, look, it's not us saying it. Even Republicans are saying this. Even conservatives are saying these things. It's not us. We're just reporting the news. Of course, you know the birther issue is back, saying Cruz, Ted Cruz, Senator Ted Cruz, he's disqualified because he's not a citizen, not a real one. And, of course, the drive-by media, they eat that up, too. The drive-by media is saying, see, see, it just proves that the attack on Obama and his birth origin was racist because they're giving Cruz a pass on it, but they didn't give Obama a pass on it, so it's racist. So now he's being called the Republican Barack Obama, an orator and alien with little practical governing experience. Folks, I will put Ted Cruz up against Barack Hussein Obama any day. Stay with us. We will be back with Dr. Sean, the Ninja Pastor, after these short messages. Hey, listeners, let me tell you something really quick. Listen, if you own a gun, not even if you carry a gun, not even if you have a concealed carry permit, but if you own a gun, you need to listen up. You need to get a pen, you need to get paper, something. You need to click into your notes and your smartphone and and take this number down. First of all, the first number is 20630. Don't worry, I'll repeat it. 20630. Listen, you have the right to defend yourself and your loved ones and your home. All of that stuff is true. You know it is. But the moment you pull the trigger or pull your gun, you are at risk for devastating legal and financial consequences. You know, you can be arrested. You can be jailed. You can be sued. You can be fired. You can be bankrupted. Even when you've legally and justifiably used a gun in self-defense. So you don't have to let this happen to you. Just call Second Call Defense. That number you want is 20630. Listen, it's going to get you a whole month free. 20630. I'll give you the number in a second. You're going to enjoy, listen, when you become a member, you're going to enjoy peace of mind of having immediate and comprehensive legal and financial protection at your fingertips the moment you pull your gun, the moment you pull the trigger, no matter where you are in the United States. You just make two calls. Your first call should always be to 911 to request an ambulance and law enforcement. And listen, we'll tell you exactly what to do, what to say, how to say it. Your second call should be to second call defense. Listen, we've got your back. It's complete legal protection for armed self-defense, and it is fully endorsed by the NRA. It's fully backed by the NRA insurance program. Folks, you've got to have this coverage. I have the Cadillac protection, which is the ultimate coverage, and I'm telling you, it is phenomenal. People say, well, I've got homeowner's coverage. That'll protect me. I've got an umbrella policy, civil liability policy. No, no, it won't. In fact, it's specifically excluded. You say, well, I'll get a public, a public defender. They'll keep me out of jail. No, they won't. First of all, usually public defenders are from liberal colleges and liberal law schools. They hate guns. They hate people that carry guns. And they're, they don't understand uh, lethal force to start with. They're overworked. They're underpaid. Is that what you want to bet your freedom on? Is that what you want to bet your financial future on? That? Are you kidding me? 
877-502-3300. Secondcalldefense.org. You want to give them this number, 20630. That's the Ninja Pastors number. You give them that, they're going to give you a free month. Go to God and Country Facebook page. Uh, it's facebook.com backslash God and Country Radio. Uh, there's a place where you can sign up. You, you know, Sign up by the means of putting in your information for the show uh, to follow the show. But there's links on there. Once you do that or on that page, there's a link there. And that will show you exactly where to go. You click on that link, go get all kinds of information. There are no contracts. You're not locked in. And once you get your money back, your free uh, month back, they, they never come back and take it back. This is the best coverage out there. Trust me. I've researched it all. Welcome back to The Collision of Faith and Politics. Here again is Dr. Sean. Listen, I, I want to ask you, thank you for coming back with us. Appreciate you listening to those commercials. Uh, listen, Second, all the, Second Call Defense, it's the only one I have. There's other groups out there that, that have things that they say are similar. Trust me, there's no comparison. Go to theninjapastor.com, click on the Second Call Defense button. I'm telling you, you will not regret it. It's the only one I'll have. I've been carrying a gun professionally since 1983. I can tell you, no chance in the world I have any of the other companies. I've looked at them, no chance. I'm having that one. TheNinjaPastor.com. Click on the second call defense button. Take you right to the important page. You get a month for free. It's powerful. Listen, as you listen to the debates and and all of the back and forth, the crazy back and forth that's going on all over the, the, uh, I call it the secular mainstream media. Listen, it's undeniable that there are so many issues in the coming election that, that, that ultimately... Their importance is fundamental. It's fundamentally important. Fundamentally important. You need to understand I just had some folks message me from Sweden. That's pretty cool. They messaging me, thanking me for mentioning Sweden. They're very concerned. Look, there, there's so many issues. There's so many things out there. People are feeling overwhelmed and defeated. And, you know, I talked about the 54 to 70 million evangelical Christians that didn't vote because, well, my lands, there was the lesser of two evils. Listen, I don't understand, honestly, I don't understand how you can look at Barack Hussein Obama and Mitt Romney and say that Mitt Romney is the lesser of two evils. One is a successful businessman who has employed tens of thousands of people successfully. He's turned around companies that were in the ditch. He's turned around the Olympics. He did it all for free. And yet, he's the lesser of two evils. Why? Because he was Mormon? Because he's Mormon? Because he didn't fight enough? He... I'm hearing people talk about now they don't want to they don't want uh, Ted Cruz in because wow his voice sounds like this and I, I just can't listen to that for um, I just can't listen to that for all this time I just can't do it I just can't do it that's a dumb reason it's stupid. 
But maybe you're feeling overwhelmed and defeated. Maybe you're a church. You know, there's a lot of people that are messaging me about their church. Uh, and listen, I'm serious about that. I will come. I do this for a living. I will come to your church, no matter where it is in the United States, and I will be I will be happy to come and speak to your church. I also do seminars and conferences. If your pastor, he's nervous about doing it, talking politics, the collision of faith and politics is the name of the show. I have no fear of it. I'll come. The, the ninjapastor.com, go to the contact me page and our people will interact with you. That's just a fact. That will happen. And you'll be contacted within not even 24 hours. Folks, I need you to understand something very, very fundamentally important here. This whole business of not voting or even voting third party, because the same – look, it's the same thing. If you If you tell me that, look, I'm not going to stay at home, I'm going to vote, but I'm going to vote third party because someone makes – needs to make a stand. Someone needs to say something. Someone needs to let their voice be heard. Someone needs to do something. People are sending me messages now, and I appreciate it. I appreciate your your honesty. I appreciate you, you sending this to me. Why are you always hawking Center for Self-Governance? Do you have do you make money from this? People are saying, Do I have a horse in the race? First of all, let me say this. I've spent a lot of money on uh the the uh Center for Self Governance, promoting it, pushing it every chance I get. They're good people in it. Really good people. Some of the best people I've ever met in my life. You know, some of them weren't in the military, and I would liken my appreciation for them to people that I serve with in the military. I am just telling you right now, I am telling you now, folks, they're some of the best people on the planet. I I, I am just telling you, I have never, I've never, I've never come across these people, uh, I can't tell you the sacrifices that they've made. I, I just can't. I, it, it's just, it blows my mind. Mark Kerr, one of the founders, he... I think up until not that long ago, he hadn't been home in two years, to his own home in two years. My buddy Bob reminds me, it's the secret sauce, folks. It's the secret sauce. We talk about it all the time, centerforselfgovernance.com, or go to facebook.com backslash God and Country Radio. We've all kinds of links there. Make it easy for you. Folks, you know, I get why you're feeling overwhelmed and defeated. Look, I spoke to a group. I was privileged and honored to go speak to the Kitchen Table Patriots last week. 
I took my buddy from uh, Center for Self-Governance there, Bill Norton, went up there. By the way, he's written a great book called The Miracle of America, Birth of a Nation. Beautiful, beautiful book. Beautiful, beautiful book. I'm telling you, just really, really stunning. I'm, I'm here to tell you, I stood before that group, Kitchen Table Patriots, if you Google them, you can see, they used to be an enormous organization, 1,400 strong. And through a lot of different things that happened over time, they took a kick in the gut because they worked themselves practically to death. Practically to death. And we lost. We lost, and people just like uh, I have a buddy down at the uh, the uh, Villages Tea Party. He's one of my Facebook friends, but I always I always really enjoyed seeing him. Really, really great guy. One of the one of the top people. I mean, you never saw a guy work harder. And he confided, he said, man, I, I've, I've just been kicked in the gut. I, I can't keep going. I, I, I'm hearing people say this. You know, this was uh, during the Q&A. We had a, uh, let me just tell you this. I come to all different types of organizations, Tea Party organizations, conservative organizations, Second Amendment organizations, education organizations. It doesn't matter to me. I'll come. I'll get the word out, and I'll be real. But I want you to understand I, I want you to understand, I stood before these great people who have worked so hard. They work so hard, tirelessly, tirelessly. And they said, I can't do anymore. I can't do anymore. I'm done. I'm out of this. I'm out of this fight. I, I somebody else has to pick up the my battle rifle because I'm I'm tired. I can't do more. We've suffered defeat after defeat after defeat. We've done everything. Everything we were told to do. We did door hangers. We knocked doors. We walked neighborhoods. We got on the phone. And did phone banks. We went to rally after rally after rally. And my goodness, when we came back from the rally, we felt undefeatable. And yet, we were defeated. I stood before that audience, the kitchen table patriots up in Pennsylvania. And I looked at this eager group of great Patriots, 
And I'll tell you right now, uh, Q and A. I I think it went over an hour. I mean, it was it was unreal. These people were fired up and ready. They were some of the smartest people. But not all of them agreed. Some issues were super important to some of them, and to others they could care less. They had their own issues. But they were united in this one thing. If we lose this time, that was the number one question, by the way. How do we win? How do we, how do we ensure voter fraud doesn't take this from us? I'll tell you how. 70 million, 54 to 70 million evangelical Christians need to get off their butts and go to the polls and vote for whoever is the Republican nominee for president. Because I'm telling you right now, if you go and you vote for a third party, you are responsible. You say, it has to happen at some time or another. You know, okay, if the country falls apart, so be it. Well, and I don't like it, but, you know, it's just how it is. It's just how it is. And if And if that has to happen, well... Maybe, you know, maybe collapse in the hard times. Maybe we we have to hit the bottom. Maybe that just needs to happen. Folks, I don't know about you, but I can just tell you've never been. You've never been to a country that's fallen apart. Fighting to keep it, liberty and freedom, keep the republic. is a whole lot easier than getting it back. Have you ever been to a country that lost it all and now they're trying to get it back and they can't no matter what they do look I stood before this group and I said I understand why you're feeling overwhelmed and defeated and and in fact betrayed I understand why some of you are talking about not voting because what's the point if your man gets knocked out the guy you're pulling for your man or your woman gets knocked out and you're mad because because some of the candidates, not all of them, some of the candidates are attacking each other. And, well, your guy got, he's no longer in the race, and you're mad. So you say, well, I'm not voting for the other ones. Because you say your guy was our only hope. Listen, I believe, I believe of this group, of these contenders, these Republican contenders, I believe our only hope truly is Ted Cruz. I've said it before on this program uh, several times that I'm not a Donald Trump supporter, but I need you to understand that I recognize that Donald Trump is serving a very, very important, critically important role, that honestly, he's the only one that can fill it. He is stripping away politically correct. I don't like half the stuff he said. You know, I know Ann Coulter and everybody on me, 
you know, oh, your girl said the F word in a tweet and she's 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 talking bad about the Jews and you know, there's more to it than you gotta look at all of the things. She had a strategy in mind. I don't like her I don't agree with everything with her. Heck, she was very pro Christie. I don't agree with everything. Look folks that you need to let this go that you think you're gonna agree with everybody. On your Facebook and your Twitter, you're only gonna have friends that agree a hundred percent with you. You say your guy's the only guy. If your guy gets knocked out, I'm done. I'm out. Look, today I want to present a different take on all this. I want to present a different take. I want to I want to come back in just a minute and I want to tell you why. I want to tell you why that is death to us. But I want to talk about immigration. I'm going to talk in the coming weeks, I'm going to talk about a number of different issues, which honestly, honestly, are either going to make or break our country. And in the coming weeks, I'm going to talk about where the candidates stand. So you know. You know. There's no doubting it. There's no wondering. So you'll know for sure. You know, I want you to know something. I want you to go to Facebook. Heather Martin, one of my friends on Facebook, has posted video of Muslims. Croatia is just uh, being overrun. Seven of its eight border crossings, uh, the border Serbia, are being overrun by Muslims. And these people, they're all healthy men. Ironically, military age men, no women, are climbing through those windows on the train like it's nothing. Like that, like this is part of a an, an exercise, a battle exercise, a battle training that they've done hundreds of times. Folks, I want you to understand: little things don't mean a lot. Little things mean everything. Come back with us. We will be back with Dr. Sean, the Ninja Pastor, after these short messages. Hey, happy warriors. This is the Ninja Pastor here. Listen, keepers of the republic, people who care about the future of this country, if that's you, and you're not the you that just wants to talk about it, just do Facebook posts, just do Twitter. But, I mean, you really want to do something. You really want to make a difference. You're called a keeper of the republic. Our founders clearly detailed that we, the people, would keep our republic if we participated in our own governance. Self-governance, let me tell you what, requires education, participation, sacrifice, and determination, and the belief that you can make a difference. Look, you've got to do something, but what is something? As I said, Facebook posts, they won't save the republic. Neither will rallies or voter drives. It goes way deeper. And if you truly want to do something of value that is also effective, the question is, are you willing? Listen, you can go to centerforselfgovernance.com or you can go to facebook.com backslash God and Country Radio. There's a link there uh, for the Center of Self-Governance. All you do is click there. While you're there at facebook.com backslash God and Country Radio, click on like and sign up. And you'll have all these links uh, immediately available to you, super, super easy. And I can help arrange courses for you in the Northeast and elsewhere. you got to do it. 
You say, I got to do something. I want to do something. This is the something. This is the something really big. This is the secret sauce. You got to ask yourself some tough questions. Do you really have what it takes? Do you really have what it takes to help save this country? Do you really want to save the country? Have you given up already? Then here's the really, really tough question. Am I worth the blood and treasure already sacrificed for liberty and freedom? Am I worth the acres of crosses in Arlington, Virginia, and towns across America? Soldiers who gave everything, committed everything to our freedom. How do you do it? Go to my Facebook page, facebook.com backslash God and Country Radio, and then click on the link to this, Center for Self-Governance. It'll be right there. You want to do something? This is your something. Welcome back. Thank you for coming back to us. Listen, I want to start with immigration. And like I said before we went to break, I, I want to walk through a bunch of issues, any, of, any one of which could make or break our country. And I want to talk about where each candidate stands. I want to give you the real truth on it. I want to demonstrate that, look, as conservatives, we absolutely must, must look at the big picture. We have got to look at the big picture. You know, many of us, including me, uh, a lot of times we pick uh, one issue as an as a uh, as our litmus test. And and abortion, Second Amendment, for me, are are huge issues. Abortion and Second Amendment, huge issues. And while abortion, it's a huge issue for me personally and in my faith. Uh, it look, if we're under the rule of China or Sharia law. If we have a caliphate ruling over us, it'll be irrelevant because they'll be killing everybody. Look, I, I'm going to say this to you, and there's a lot of people who say this to me, uh, that, that I'm a racist, that I'm a hater. Uh, and you know what? I don't, I don't care because on the Greek island of Kos, uh, uh, migrants, we're calling them migrants now, all military-age, healthy Muslim males – is being just destroyed, destroyed. Look, immigration in all of its forms is crushing us. I say, you know, some people say, well, you, you, you use such hyperbole. You say things like immigration is killing us. All kidding aside, it is actually killing us. We're being, we're being murdered in this country by illegals. Are you listening? Are you listening, America? Let me ask you this. What if you were a radical Muslim organization bent on world domination? How smart would you have to be? How smart would it be as a strategy to get your young soldiers, go ahead and get them invited into Western countries? You know, they're going to get a free meal ticket. They're going to get a plane ride even. Some will be put on trains and fed and clothed. Let me ask you something, folks. Let me ask you a simple question. Why aren't Islamic countries taking them? They're already Muslim, would they not? As a strategy, I want you to think about this. 10,000 Syrians coming into the United States every year on top of the tens of thousands sound like an Islamic country 
radical army to me. Look, folks, I need you to understand something. I need you to understand that immigration in all of its forms is crushing us as a nation. The United States of America is being crushed by immigration. You say, how is that fair that you are here already, and now that you're here, you want everybody else to be locked out? You want everybody else to not have a chance. You're a bigot. You're a racist. But I'm here to tell you, immigration in all of its forms is crushing us. We cannot sustain this. This is untenable and unsustainable. And you know what else it is? It's illegal. The illegals in the proposed air quotes, not refugees, we intend to save from the lack of love they have for their own countries or perhaps their hatred of our own country. Folks, do you understand? We have an immigration policy. Every country out there has an immigration policy. Go ahead and walk into Iran. Go ahead and walk into Jordan. Go ahead and walk into Gaza. Go ahead and walk into Pakistan. Go ahead and try to walk into Saudi Arabia. Go ahead and try to walk into Iraq. Go ahead and try to walk into Afghanistan. How about Yemen? How about Mexico? How about Mexico? Go ahead and try to walk into Mexico. And you will find very quickly that they have. Mexico has its own immigration policy. And here is a flaming newsflash for you. It doesn't match up in any way to ours. Listen, protecting a border, your border integrity, it's fundamental to the definition of a country. It's fundamental, folks. It's a basic. It's not about love or not love. It's not about nice or not nice. It's not about open and good and all this. Got nothing to do with it. Nothing at all to do with it. Nothing at all. It's got to do with preserving our country. See, a while ago, some folks called on, hey, if we want to take over America, guess what they'll do? They will feed us. They will give us food. They will give us clothing. They will send us a check every month. You know what they're going to do? They're going to fight so that we can get an official ID. You know what else they're going to do? Listen to this. You never believe this. What these fools are going to do is they're going to give us money, and they're going to fight so that we can vote in their elections even though we're illegal. Help me understand, folks. Look, we love our country. We're not going to other countries. People aren't fleeing out of this country and saying, you know what, I can't be there anymore. They're mean to me. They're making me pay too much in taxes. They're making me pay $2.5 more a gallon for gas than we need to if it weren't for the taxes and the, and the ridiculous restrictions and their insistence on getting our fuel from countries that hate us. I'm leaving out of this country, America. They haven't been good to me, so I'm leaving. 
Do you understand, America? Do you understand? Do you? Do you understand that this is not an issue of whether we're nice or we're not nice? Do you understand that this is a, this is not an issue of what we'd like to do or what we wouldn't like to do? Do you understand that when we see a photograph, a, a setup of a little boy, make no mistake, the little boy, the little four-year-old boy was in fact dead, but he didn't die on those shores. He was carried there by his radical Muslim father, and he was placed there, and they took a picture and see if they don't take us, more will die. Folks, the bottom line is, is they don't agree with us. They come to a country that fundamentally they do not agree. They do not agree with our Constitution. They can't support it. So the opposite for Islam of can't support is fight. The opposite of breathing in life and being a culture of life is being a culture of death. The opposite of being for God is against God. Do you understand that Allah is not God? Do you understand that when Dr. Ben Carson made the statement that he simply would not endorse He would not endorse a Muslim holding office for President of the United States. He wouldn't do it. He said they're at enmity with the Constitution of the United States. You know what? He was speaking truthfully. They're against our educational system, even though our educational system is, is so pro-Islam and so anti-Christian. They are crushing us on every front. Financially, let's just call it what it is. Financially, we cannot afford it. Folks, we borrow money to stay in business as a country. We borrow money. We borrow money. in order to stay in business. Listen, I need you to understand something. I have as much compassion for people, forlorn people, people in need as anyone else on the planet. People that know me, people that have known me since Shields Elementary in fifth grade will tell you. If I ever win the $200 million, the Powerball or whatever the ball they call it, my family going to have to take some of the money away from me right up front because I'll give it away. I'll make it my point to find deserving people, deserving organizations, and I'll give it away. They know that about me. You should know that about me. But folks, that's not what's coming to our shores. That's not what's coming to our shores. That's not what's overtaking Europe. That's not what that that's that's not what's rioting in the streets. Of the countries, they say, oh, please help us. 
and shouting Alu Akbar and saying that blood will run in the streets, that, that you will speak the language of Islam or you will die. You will convert to Islam or you will die. These people aren't refugees, and we need to stop allowing them to co-opt the vernacular. A lot of people say, well, why in the world is the left so blind? Why are gay people, the very people that Muslims will kill first, why are gay people in such support of Islam? When they're going to be the ones thrown off of roofs, they'll be the first ones thrown off of roofs. It's a conundrum, isn't it? It is absolutely a conundrum. People say to me all the time, why are Jews so in support of the Iran deal? When in Israel, people, in fact, the left has has taken over saying, you know, 85% of the Jews in the United States of America support the Iran deal. First of all, none of that 85% has even read the Iran deal. They've read the talking points. But just like you and I, we haven't seen, well, I actually have seen drafts of it. But I'm telling you, they, they haven't read it, and yet they'll stand up and say, yeah, I support it, and I'm a Jew. Newsflash, 85% of America's Jews are secular, irreligious Jews. They're Jews by birth only. Jews by birth only. You need to not get them mixed up with Orthodox Covenant Jews and Messianic Jews. You need don't get that mixed up. Don't put them in the same bunch. Folks, illegal immigration and these proposed refugees are crushing us financially in the form of welfare and air quotes entitlements. Folks, we gotta stop using that term. We've got to stop using this term, entitlements. They're not entitled to anything. Go back to your own country. If, in fact, you were a real refugee, why did you leave your women and children back in your country? Why did you do this? For them to die? Come on, America, figure this out. This shouldn't be that hard for you to figure out. I know we've dumbed down our education system, but that shouldn't be. Because this is crushing us in the education system that we pay for. They're flooding the education system. They're saying, hey, you can't be pledging allegiance to the flag because that flag violates our faith. Hey, you know what? We need a place to pray several times a day. You need to make a room for us. You need to make a religious accommodation for us or we will sue you. Listen, it's crushing us in our ability to enforce the law. Because I'm telling you right here and right now, we cannot keep up with the onslaught of terrorists crossing our borders. Folks, we don't have secure borders, and yet we're going to admit even more immigrants. None of our borders are secure. Our ocean isn't secure. Either one. We're not secure to the south. We're not secure to the north, east, or west. What does secure even mean? Listen, borders with integrity, borders with integrity, define a country. 
Are you listening? Look, the founders, Bob is reminding me, the founders also warned that the only way for a nation to prosper was to have equal protection of rights and not allow the governments the government to get involved in trying to provide equal distribution of things. Folks, we don't have secure borders, and yet we're going to admit even more immigrants. I'm here to tell you it makes no sense. No sense at all. No sense at all. Hang with me. I'll be right back. We will be back with Dr. Sean, the Ninja Pastor, after these short messages. Hey, happy warriors. This is the Ninja Pastor. Every week I tell you about the Student Rights Handbook, a guide to constitutionally protected religious freedom on campus. Remember where this comes from. This comes from the Alliance Defending Freedom. If you go to alliancedefendingfreedom.org, you will be able to download one of these PDFs for free. They'll also send you a Student Rights Handbook for free, in print, nice spiral bound. Tells you all about the the rights that your children, your neighbor's children, your grandchildren, your great-grandchildren, any of your friends have, including teachers that might be in the public school system. What rights do individual students have to express their faith at school? What rights do religious clubs have to access secondary school facilities? What can students, coaches, teachers do as a part of religious clubs on campus? That's the thing. What rights do you have? Folks, you don't know until you read this. You don't know that your rights, your children's rights, are being taken away. Alliance Defending Freedom More, go to facebook.com backslash God and Country Radio. There's a quick little link there. While you're there, click on like, click on sign up. We'd be glad to have you. Thank you. Hey, happy warriors. This is the Ninja Pastor here. Listen, keepers of the republic, people who care about the future of this country, if that's you, and you're not the you that just wants to talk about it, just do Facebook posts, just do Twitter. But, I mean, you really want to do something. You really want to make a difference. You're called a keeper of the republic. Our founders clearly detailed that we, the people, would keep our republic if we participated in our own governance. Self-governance, let me tell you what, requires education, participation, sacrifice, and determination and the belief that you can make a difference. Look, you've got to do something, but what is something? As I said, Facebook posts, they won't save the republic. Neither will rallies or voter drives. It goes way deeper. And if you truly want to do something of value that is also effective, the question is, are you willing? Listen, you can go to centerforselfgovernance.com or you can go to facebook.com backslash God and Country Radio. There's a link there uh, for a center of self-governance. All you do is click there. While you're there at facebook.com backslash God and Country Radio, click on like and sign up. And you'll have all these links uh, immediately available to you, super, super easy. And I can help arrange courses for you in the Northeast and elsewhere. you got to do it. You say, i got to do something. I want to do something. This is the something. This is the something really big. This is the secret sauce. you got to ask yourself some tough questions. Do you really have what it takes? Do you really have what it takes to help save this country? Do you really want to save the country? Have you given up already? Then here's the really, really tough question. Am I worth the blood and treasure already sacrificed for liberty and freedom? Am I worth the acres of crosses in Arlington, Virginia, and towns across America? Soldiers who gave everything, committed everything to our freedom. How do you do it? Go to my Facebook page, facebook.com backslash 
God and Country Radio, and then click on the link to this, Center for Self-Governance. It'll be right there. You want to do something? This is your something. Welcome back to The Collision of Faith and Politics. Here again is Dr. Sean. Some folks are asking me, you must get paid by the commercial here. No, I don't get paid a dime. I do the commercials. I write the copy myself, and then I record them myself, produce them myself, and put them on here. Why do I do that? Not for money because I don't get paid. I do it because I believe in it. CSG, Center for Self-Governance, Second Call Defense. Folks, I believe in those things. Student Rights Handbook, I believe in those things. Absolutely. Take advantage of it. Since 9-11, folks, you need to understand this. This is not secure border time. This is, I want you to understand, this is not what it means to have a secure border. Since 9-11, September 11th, 2001, we have systematically increased the number of Muslim immigrants, increased the number of Muslim student visas. Saudi student visas alone have increased 16-fold. Are you listening? Since 9-11, folks, when 19 Muslims brought down the towers, screwed a plane into the ground in Pennsylvania, and hit our Pentagon, killed all those people. Since 9-11, we've increased our influx influx of Muslim immigrants. Since 9-11, we've increased. What is the psychology of this? Where is the common sense in this? How does this make any sense at all that since 9-11, since 9-11, that's tantamount to, you know, after Japan bombs us at Pearl Harbor, we say 9-12, we say, you know, how we think we should fix this is we should go on a campaign to bring in as many Japanese as we possibly can. Let's do it. Let's bring as many Japanese. You know what? Hitler does his thing. What do we do? We go to Germany immediately and we say, hey, you know what we ought to do? We ought to bring as many Germans over here as we possibly can. Now, I love Germany. And I have many Germans that I love, I know well, and I love. They're a totally different place than they were then. They followed a crazy man almost to their demise. Horrible, horrible things. Japan, I have lots of Japanese friends. But I'm telling you right now, on 9-12, the very last thing we should have done is begin an increase, an influx of Muslim immigrants. The very last thing we should have done is increase 16-fold Saudi student visas. Listen, do you think this is a good idea, considering our war on Islamic radicalism? What kind of war are we fighting here? What kind of war exactly do you fight by inviting your enemies to your shores and saying, I'm going to give you our money? No, I'm not going to ask you to prove anything. I'm just going to welcome you here. Oh, I don't find it at all curious that you are all military-age 
males and that you are in phenomenal physical condition. And oh, by the way, isn't that a neat phone you have? Refugee. What kind of war are we fighting? Mark Allen Lee, Aaron Carson Vaughn. Staff Sergeant or Gunnery Sergeant Kennevick, they didn't give their lives for these people streaming across our shores. Are you kidding me? Let me let me ask you this: uh, uh, Barack Hussein Obama says that he's going to increase the number of refugees. Air quotes, not refugees streaming onto our shores. Did you know that this was the approach our government was taking? Did you approve of that? Why are they doing this? Have you asked yourself that for real? Why is our government doing this? Now, most of you have heard that this poor, maligned, 14-year-old, peaceful Muslim boy who just wanted to make a clock, he just wanted to make a clock, I just wanted the teachers to be proud of me. Look, I'm going to give you some insight right now, some powerful and pertinent facts about this 14-year-old boy and his fake project. According to CNN, when Ahmed Mohammed went to his high school in Irving, Texas Monday, he was so excited, a teenager with dreams of becoming an engineer. He wanted to show his teacher the digital clock he'd made from a pencil case. The 14-year-old's day ended not with praise but with punishment after the school called the police and he was arrested. According to Ahmed, I built a clock to impress my teacher, but when I showed it to her, she thought it was a threat to her, Ahmed told reporters Wednesday. It was really sad that she took the wrong impression of it. Ahmed talked to the media gathered on his front yard and appeared to wear the same NASA T-shirt he had on in a picture taken as he was being arrested. You know, by the way, Barack Hussein Obama, one of his first things was to gut NASA to stop our shuttle program and instead make NASA into a research organization to tout all of the great contributions to American history and science that Muslims have made. That was the real thing he did. Isn't it interesting? Don't you find it interesting that this kid had on a NASA shirt at the time he was arrested? In the image, he looks confused and upset as he's being let out of school in handcuffs. They arrested me, and they told me that I committed the crime of a hoax bomb, a fake bomb. The freshman later complained to WFAA after authorities released him. Irving Police Spokesman Officer James McClellan told the station, We attempted to question the juvenile about what it was, and he would simply only tell us that it was a clock. By the way, that's more than he told his teachers. That's more than he told his teachers, because he told the teacher, he, he clammed up when he was asked. He would say nothing. Meanwhile, it's ticking. There are wires. He clammed up, and he just smiled. The teenager did that because, well, it was a clock, he said. On Wednesday, police announced that the teen will not be charged. Chief Larry Boyd said Ahmed should have been forthcoming by going beyond the description that what he made was a clock. But Boyd said authorities determined that the teenager did not intend to alarm anyone and that the device, which which the chief called a homemade experiment, was innocuous. Really? You're going to learn in a second 
why that's simply not true. Ahmed, who aspires to go to MIT, said he was pleased the charges were dropped and not bothered that police didn't apologize for arresting him. After he said he was interrogated by police without an attorney present, his lawyer, his lawyer, Linda Moreno, told reporters they wouldn't answer any questions about the legal process. Ahmed is suspended until Thursday, he said, but is thinking about transferring to another high school. And you know, of course, social media, it has to react. Outrage over the incident, with many saying the student was profiled because he's Muslim, spread on social media as hashtag I stand with Ahmed. Started trending worldwide on Twitter with more than 100,000 tweets Tuesday morning. The school's Facebook page is roiling with sharp criticism of the way it was handled. The way the team was treated. And the hashtag engineers for Ahmed is gaining popularity. President Barack Obama, Democratic presidential candidate Hillary Clinton, U.S. Secretary of Education Arne Duncan, and thousands of others are showing support for Ahmed. Obama tweeted from the White House, Cool clock, Ahmed. Want to bring it to the White House? We should inspire more kids like you to like science. It's what it makes America great. That's your president. Let me ask you, is there any Muslim out there that this president won't invite to the White House? Have the, people, have the military fellows that foiled that plot in France and took down an armed man, they've been to the White House yet? The president would like the team to join him and other scientists next month for the White House's annual astronomy night. White House Press Secretary Josh Not-So-Earnest said Wednesday. Ahmed said Wednesday he was going to be going to the White House. Clinton tweeted that assumptions don't keep us safe and urged the teenager to keep building. Secretary, Former Secretary of State Hillary Clinton. She tweeted that, assumptions don't keep us safe, and urged the teenager to keep building. I think this wouldn't even be a question if his name wasn't Ahmed Mohammed said Ali Salam of the Council on American-Islamic Relations, or CARE. He is an excited kid who's very bright and wants to share it with his teachers. Many criticize the school on Facebook. Facebook's creator Mark Zuckerberg posted his support. Having the skill and ambition to build something cool should lead to applause, not arrest. The future belongs to people like Ahmed. Ooh, don't you know, Zuckerberg? Don't you know, Zuckerberg? You speak prophecy without even knowing. And Ahmed, if you ever want to come by Facebook, I'd love to meet you. Keep building. Using the enemy's tool to kill them. Kevin McKinney posted, How did a bunch of complete idiots... Idiots end up accidentally running a school. Were you all yanked out of a zoo and given paychecks? Learning centers are for teaching, not for ruining innocent people's lives with your racism and pathetic stupidity. This kid is destined to be something great if the dimwits of Irving, Irving, Texas, don't ruin him first. Mocking Irving's school's motto, Bill Kane wrote, where children come first to jail in handcuffs. Way to go, Irving. Chance Williams posted, Ahmed Mohammed deserves a public apology from you, the school administrators, police and teachers involved in his arrest. I hope he sues and the school district has to pay for his college education. By the way, I don't know, Mr. Chance Williams, if you understand how taxes work or how schools work, but I'll have you know the school board doesn't pay anything. The taxpayers of Irving, Texas pay.
Texas law stipulates that a person who commits a hoax bomb offense is one who knowingly manufactures, sells, purchases, transports, or possesses a hoax bomb with the intent to use it, or intentionally causes alarm or reaction. Ahmed's father, Mohammed al-Hassan Mohammed, who emigrated from Sudan, has twice run for that country's presidency, told CNN Wednesday that he was upset the school did not contact him immediately to tell him about the situation. The first he heard of it was when he received a call from police who said his son was being charged with having a hoax bomb, Mohammed said. He rushed to the police station where he saw his son surrounded by five police officers, and he was handcuffed, the father said. Ahmed told his father he asked to phone him, but the police told him he could not because he was under arrest, Mohammed said. I asked if I could talk to or speak to my son, and they told me no, not right now, because they were taking his fingerprints and asking him questions, Mohammed said. I asked if I could see the thing they were calling a bomb. The police never let me see it, but I knew what my son brought to school. It was an alarm clock that he made. He wakes up with it most mornings. Police are holding the clock as evidence, Mohammed said. A reporter at a news conference Wednesday asked Chief, Chief Boyd about the allegations that Ahmed was told he could not call his father, and he was interrogated alone for some time at the station. I'm not aware of that, the chief said, adding that the incident is not being investigated. Boyd has also uh, was also asked if the teen's religious or ethnic identity played a role in how he was treated. The chief said he did not. And he praised the department's relationship with Irving's Muslim community. Why does any community in the country have a Muslim community? I want to ask you that. What great contribution is coming from Muslim communities all across our country? Why are there Muslim communities? That's not in the article. That's the ninja pastor. However, he said, we live in an age where you can't take things like that to school. People think Muslims are terrorists. My son's a very brilliant boy, Mohammed said. We need people like him in this country. The teen has never been in trouble. The father said, saying that he thinks this is a case of Islamophobia. My son's name is Mohammed. People just think Muslims are terrorists, but we are peaceful. We are not that way. We live in the land of opportunity to grow and help, and, and the people who did this to my son, they did not see him that way. Muhammad continued, my son said over and over that this was an alarm clock, and my son only brought it to school to ask for help from his teachers to show that he can do this amazing thing, and maybe he can get appreciation and show him that he can become something bigger in the world, an inventor. Muhammad said it wasn't until after the fact that he received a call and an email from the school telling him about Ahmed's arrest and informing him that his son had been suspended for three days. The father and others were meeting Wednesday with attorneys to decide what steps, if any, they might take next. Hmm, I smell a lawsuit. At the Wednesday news conference, a spokeswoman for the Irving Independent School District told reporters that the way the teen's experience has been described in media reports is unbalanced. She declined to explain why, citing the need to protect a student's privacy. Let me say this to you folks. This is the Ninja Pastor talking now. This is not the article. Let me say this to you folks. I'm proud of that school district for doing what they did. But here's where they failed. They should have doubled down. They should have said, you know what? The kid brought something that looked and sounded like a bomb. When we asked him what was in the case, why do we hear ticking? He just smiled. See, that's the part of the story that's not getting out, folks. That's not the part. And you know what? I'll tell you something. The law, the lawsuit that will come from this, and it will be settled out of court, isn't only about deriving money to contribute in terror in the United States, to pay for the terror that they will undoubtedly bring. It's also about backing people off 
through political correctness. It's about backing them off so that they don't say anything about what they see, so that they hold off, just like it's going on with the, with the Black Lives Matter and police officers getting murdered all over the country. All the riots, that's what it's about. It's about stopping you on X, making you not make a decision that could save your life or others. The statement she made was posted on the district site Wednesday when the family gives written permission to discuss the incident, the school will offer more information, she said. Earlier in the day, MacArthur High School provided a statement to CNN in which it said it was cooperating with authorities and said privacy laws prohibited prohibited it from sharing details about student discipline. We can assure everyone that school administrators are handling this situation in accordance with Irving ISD Student Code of Conduct and applicable laws. Muhammad isn't sure if his son will go back to school on Thursday. He's afraid the police will keep his invention, and he's worried about his son being called names. But he's happy about the widespread outpouring of support. The family started a hashtag, hashtag thank you for standing with me. It gives him hope, the teen's father said. Right now, he's just trying to stay positive and is listening to the news about him and reading about people's comments on social media. It's really too much for him to take in right now, but long term, it'll be good for him. He doesn't want to show that he's a victim. It was an English teacher that got spooked and reported Ahmed to the principal, the police said. We always ask our students and staff to immediately report if they observe any suspicious items or suspicious behavior, the school statement reads. If something is out of the ordinary, the information should be reported immediately to a school administrator and or the police so it can be addressed right away. We will always take necessary precautions to protect our students and keep our school community as safe as possible. A reporter spoke with the boy in his bedroom, which is full of equipment that allows him to tinker and create. You know what? Bomb makers' rooms are a lot like that. I don't care if you call me a hater. What do I care? I do not care one whit. If you want to call me a hater, you want to call me a bigot, you want to call me a racist, you want to say I'm an Islamophobe, I've seen personally what they do. Not what they can do, what they, what they do. I've seen bomb makers' spaces. I've seen what they look like, and I've talked to people who have lost arms and legs because of the bombs that Muslims make bedroom. Here in high school, none of the teachers know what I can do, Ahmed told the paper while he soldered metal and played around with a cable. A middle school robotics club member, the teen, has won awards for his inventions. He recalled showing one teacher the clock and her telling him that she thought it was nice, but he shouldn't show other instructors, according to the paper. The teen put the clock in his book bag, but an alarm beeped in the middle of sixth period. Ahmed showed the teacher what he had. The newspaper reported, she was like, it looks like a bomb, he said. I told her, it doesn't look like a bomb to me. When Ahmed was called out of class, he said he was brought into a room with four police officers, one of whom said, yep, that's who I thought it was. Ahmed told the Dallas Morning News that he felt aware of what he looked like and his name, and the officers fired questions at him. He recalled that one officer said to him, so you tried to make a bomb? He disputed that and kept telling them he created a clock. Meanwhile, the teen's defenders continue to slam the school. I really hope you guys are absolutely ashamed of yourselves for possibly ruining the ingenuity of one bright kid who made a clock for crying out loud. What kind of education does your professors have? David Velez wrote on the school's Facebook page, it sounds like they're the ones that need to be going back to school. Shame on your school and its administration for arresting Ahmed Muhammad, wrote Jillian York. Way to stifle a kid's creativity and energy. I hope you're all replaced with compassionate, non-racist administrators and teachers. 
here's the really big thing, folks. If you've listened to this show in the nine minutes that we have remaining, here's the really big thing. Two investigators who have studied the image of Muhammad's device provided by Irving, Texas police, have concluded that Muhammad did not, in fact, make the clock. Both conclude that Muhammad disassembled a manufactured clock and installed it in a large pencil box without its casing. Both say it's very possible, and I say it was very likely that it was done to provoke suspicion or to resemble a bomb. By the way, the clock guts have been identified as being sold in a 1986 Radio Shack catalog. The Muslim boy's cool clock is a fraud, says an expert. Greg Corumbos says this, uh, World Net Daily, the most famous clock in America is a fraud, according to an electronics expert who says 14-year-old Ahmed Muhammad did not invent anything and simply took a commercial clock out of its manufactured case. In recent days, the story went viral of Muhammad being handcuffed and arrested after his clock was mistaken for a possible bomb. Police defended their actions, and school officials upheld Muhammad's suspension. Critics of those actions suggest Muhammad was treated unfairly because of bigotry toward Muslims. President Obama even reacted to the story. Remember what I said. Cool clock, Ahmed. Want to bring it to the White House? We should inspire more kids like you to like science. It's what makes America great, tweeted Obama. This is from the same guy that wants to give nukes and $150 billion to Iran. I guess this is, according to police, according to Obama, police acting stupidly again. Is this whole thing a sham? Yes. Yes, it was. It was a sham, and I'm going to be the lone voice to tell you why. This child, nothing against him personally, never built a clock, said Talbot, the electronics uh, expert, in the video that runs. There's a video on World Net Daily. You go there, you can see the video. He did not invent a clock or build it, and I'm going to show you why he does this on the video. Four minutes, folks. takes four minutes to chew this apart. Talbot says an expert view of Muhammad's clock makes it very clear, the Texas high school student, what he was doing. What this is is a commercial Alarm clock, as you would purchase in any department store and use at your bedside. Talbot explained all he did was remove the plastic case from the alarm clock. This is not an invention. This is not something that someone built or even assembled. Then he lists several reasons for his conclusion. If someone had made, someone had really made a clock, this circuitry would not look like this. First of all, this transformer is for a 120-volt line. People who do maker things do not tend to use AC power because it's a bit more dangerous and there's no reason to do it. You can use batteries, Talbot said. Next, he spots something fishy with the circuit boards. These are manufactured printed circuit boards with printed circuit board circuits and a microcontroller in the middle. Talbot said those manufactured boards are used in manufactured products or professional engineer sample runs. He even found more red flags. The ribbon cables. Excuse me, the ribbon cables in between these are also indicative of a manufactured product. As a matter of, matter of fact, commercial clocks tend to have a 9-volt battery backup, and this even has a 9-volt battery backup, he said, adding that this was put in there to look like a device with these cables and cords. This was put in here to look like a device that would be suspicious, and I think intentionally so. I wouldn't say I think. I'm not an electronics expert, but I've seen plenty of bombs, and I can tell you I don't think... I know 
It was done intentionally. He continued, I see no evidence that this is a creation whatsoever or that there was any modification or even assembly of anything to have made things out of a kit, for example. This is simply taking a clock out of its case. Talbot then shows a picture of a crude clock he created and later improved upon to show the difference between the inventors and commercial products. It's it's on a protoboard where you can attach wires to a microcontroller, he said. Something like this is much more likely to be something you would see if someone had actually made anything. He's quick to point out that young kids are capable of great inventions, but this just isn't one of them. Look, I've worked with kids in contests who've actually built things. I've seen 12-year-olds and 14-year-olds make amazing things on their very own, he said. Unfortunately, whether it fits your narrative or whether you want to believe it or not, this particular child down in Texas didn't make a thing. He did not make a clock. He simply took something out of its casing. People should not recognize this as an invention or recognize this child as an inventor for this particular creation when plenty of other kids have invented things, added Talbot. So if you thought this kid made an invention, you have been fooled, he concluded. Turns out innocent victim and clock builder Ahmed Mohammed's daddy is a Muslim activist. Ahmed Muhammad's father, Muhammad El Hassan Muhammad, battled Florida's Quran burning pastor, Terry Jones, as a defense attorney in a mock trial over the book. He debated activist Robert Spencer over whether Islam respects human rights. He's run twice for the president of Sudan. Earlier this week, panders on the left, including our own president, leapt for an opportunity to play the discrimination card after this Muslim boy was arrested. Now he's the poster child for CARE, Council of American Islamic Relations, a a group that we know beyond a shadow of a doubt has very close ties to known terrorist organizations, even though the president of the United States has people from CARE in his White House daily. Strangely, it seems Muhammad's father, Muhammad, yes, his first name is the same as his last, just like Mario in the dreadful Super Mario Brothers movie, has his own history of being involved in various stunts to defend Islam. Let me say it again. Has his own history of being involved in various stunts to defend Islam, as well as running for president, not once, but twice, of Sudan. Listen, given the father's past, I'm telling you right now, it was a setup. Regardless of whether it's legit or a setup, I want to say this. The way Obama responded to this fiasco is incredibly inappropriate, especially since he hasn't invited a single child from a family where a police officer has been murdered to the White House, nor has he invited the family of Kate Steinle. Look, this story, this incident's not about racism. It's about ensuring the safety of our children when they're at school. And in a time as dangerous as this, we must err on the side of caution. Hey, folks, how about that kid, that seven-year-old kid, Uh, Josh Welch, he ate a Pop-Tart, chewed in the the shape of a gun. How'd his parents fare? Anne Arundel County, how'd his parents fare? How'd they make out? Not so well. He wasn't invited to the White House. He was removed from the classroom. Folks, I am here to tell you, we are in dire times. I'm going to tell you more about this next week. Join us on Sunday. Go to, go to blogtalkradio.com backslash the ninja pastor. There are literally hundreds of hours 
of messages and shows on there. Go to theninjapastor.com. There will be a link to my iTunes. It's all free. Every bit of it is free. However, if you want to contribute in what I do, I don't get paid a dime for this. This is all my own money. Then click on the Contribute page. I'd be honored if you do that. Every penny goes back into this program. God bless you. Thank you for joining us. Listen, we have to keep this republic. It's up to you and me. Join us next time for The Collision of Faith and Politics. And please follow this show at www.blogtalkradio.com forward slash the ninja pastor. And follow Dr. Sean on Twitter at the ninja pastor and on Facebook at www.facebook.com forward slash God in Country Radio and at www.drseangreener.com. In the meantime, Dr. Sean will be fighting for you and for this great country. Thank you for joining in this fight.